Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From KCBS Radio, I'm Mallory Samara in from at Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Friday, July 29th. Oakland's very own Kev Choice is a classically trained pianist, MC, producer, composer, educator, and activist. With a master's in piano performance and music, he's got quite the resume. He's toured with fellow Oakland folks Too Short and Guapale, and in 2007, Lauren Hill asked him to be her musical director, an opportunity that took him to 12 countries. As a solo artist, he'd go on to open for the likes of Robert Glasper and Mos Def, and fronting a jazz, hip-hop, funk big band, the Kev Choice Ensemble. And now, he's got one more title to add to his roster. Board member of the Oakland Symphony. It's an accomplishment years in the making, one that was just voted on earlier this week, as well as his continuation of involvement with Oakland's Cultural Affairs Commission, voted as vice chair for the second time on that same night. I actually used to play some of Kev's tracks when I first caught wind of him, and I was a music DJ at Mutiny Radio in the Mission. So when I found out he'd accomplished yet another feat, I had to reach out to him for an interview. He sat down with me to talk about what he sees for the future of the Oakland Symphony and Cultural Affairs Commission, and what it means for him to create a safe space for music in Oakland on a very windy Thursday at Lake Merritt under the newly painted pergola, or as Kev calls it, the Pillars. It's such a, it's one of many epicenters of like culture and people here and community here in Oakland. Uh, what does this space mean to you? Wow. I mean, for me, this space means a lot. I kind of grew up between East Oakland and this neighborhood. So as a youth, I just have a lot of memories of just walking around the lake, coming out and playing by the lake, festival at the lake, many just community events. And even over time, this space has turned into a space of political activism where we've we've held rallies, uh, we've held protests. Uh, we've held music festivals. This has turned into a, a space of, of commerce where during the pandemic, people came out and just started, all of the black vendors started vending here, also live here. So it's like, it's like home. It's also just like a big melting pot of Oakland. You know, the heartbeat of just the diversity, people coming out here to exercise. Like you said, the drum circles, rhyme ciphers, ride a bike. It's just like a place where anybody can openly can come and relax and do whatever they feel you know, do whatever they feel. Just be by the water, any water. Be by the water, be by the lake. You know, the lake has over the years become cleaner. And, you know, when I was growing up, you did not even want to kind of walk by the lake. Yeah. But I feel like the city has done some 
put some efforts and some some funds into cleaning it. As you can see, this the pillars have actually been redone recently, and they're still actually construction going on right now. They're being repainted with the city of Oakland signs. So that's the beautifying the area. It definitely is to me the heartbeat of, of Oakland for sure. So just the other day, and the, the reason why I asked to interview you, um, you announced that not only are you a newly appointed board member of the Oakland Symphony, you are now, this was in the same night, right, that it was announced that you are now the vice chair of Oakland's Cultural Affairs Commission. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, this is my third term as a commissioner. I was also vice chair the first, my first term. Um, second term, I was just a commissioner and I was voted back in. And uh, the, the cultural affairs work that I've been doing has really been substantial, important for me as an artist, getting more funding for the city of Oakland's cultural affairs department, uh, being kind of a, a ambassador for the arts and culture scene, doing town halls around, you know, black and Asian solidarity, around, you know, just things going on in our cultural scene in Oakland and just, just kind of being out representing, trying to represent the arts and culture scene of our city. It's a, it's a huge honor for sure. Tell me about your journey to being on the board with the Oakland Symphony. I mean, this is this is like a pretty big deal for you. Like how you've been doing the work for a really long time. Wow. Well, you know, growing up, you know, playing classical music and even just getting introduced to the world of symphonies and classical music was was always something that was very unique for my path growing up here in Oakland because like a lot of my friends weren't on that path. But um, I also remember when Michael Morgan, who was, you know, rest in peace, was the became the director of the Oakland Symphony. He came to my high school and spoke to us back then. And I feel like that's kind of like the beginning of a journey, seeing the possibilities of what it can be as an African-American in that space. And then me going on and getting a, a degree in classical music, coming home, kind of going a whole different direction, just being more involved in hip hop and soul and jazz. Um, and a couple of years ago, running into Michael Morgan, and he gave me an opportunity to compose a piece for the Oakland Symphony, which I had never done. And um, I actually wrote a whole five movement piece called Soul Restoration Suite. Debuted that in 2018. And from that, just building a relationship with Oakland Symphony, um, of course, always going and supporting the incredible programming that they have. Um, you know, Michael Morgan passed away uh, last year, really, um, you know, hurt a lot of us in the community, but just wanting to continue that legacy of him as pushing the boundaries of classical music, being community and education oriented. It really is something that um, is a part of my legacy and part of my mission as well. So now I'm performing with them and now I'm also being on the board. You know, it's, it's, it's an amazing opportunity to be impactful for sure. The pandemic kind of flipped everything upside down, inside out, completely making people reimagine ways that we get together, enjoy music, culture, entertainment. Uh, how do you see the future of live performance, um, especially with the Oakland Symphony and community cultural events shifting and evolving as we sort of move forward in this very kind of like weird and inspirational moment in time? Well, you know, it's, it's gonna be a little bit of some of the things that have been done in the past. You know, as far as the venues that we performed at and also some things we do, some new things like actually August, I want to say next week, the Oakland Symphony is performing outside in front of uh, City Hall at the um, Frank Ogawa Oscar Grant Plaza. So performing more outside, like having a symphony perform outside is something we may not have seen a lot of before. I know they were doing things down at Brooklyn Basin as well um, during the pandemic. So a combination of, you know, inside space performances and also outside so people can feel more safe. 
we can be more connected to community. And we, we realized, I feel like during the pandemic, that outside is also an incredible venue. Like we had people setting up on street corners. We had people setting up on porches, you know, everywhere became a venue, <laughs> you yeah. know. So now it's okay. like we have more possibilities of where you can perform, which is actually good to bring more access to, to different communities. So yeah. we're going to be performing in inside, outside, and just wherever we can connect with people. I feel like that's the new dynamic. In your interviews, you talk a lot about creating a safe space for people with your music. What role did safe spaces play for you in your musical journey and with everything that you've done? Well, you know, I mean, I feel like growing up in an Oakland community, I was always brought into spaces that were accepting of, of, of all. And also, I also saw the power of how music was a space where we would come for so many different times in our, our tradition, our culture, whether that was to mourn, whether that was to celebrate, whether that was to, to highlight love, whether that was to speak up. Um, but everybody's voice was, was valued. And I feel like, you know, growing up where people are showing me, like even in jazz, being a jazz musician, you know, you're always, you're learning the music, but you're also learning the tradition, you're learning the culture, you're learning that you're speaking for the community. And you're also learning that it's a very, it's a discipline and a focus and a responsibility that comes with with this music. And I feel like I've always tried to present that. And, and in creating a safe space, you know, music was a way for me to stay safe, number one, staying out of trouble, staying out of environments that weren't safe, and also bringing something positive into spaces that some people wouldn't consider safe. Even in hip hop, you know, where a lot of music, you know, a lot of people think hip hop has a certain, you know, message or a certain, um, you know, connotation on what they speak about. I always wanted to counter that with something positive, something uplifting and challenge us musically. Cause I was, you know, coming from a trained and educated standpoint. So bringing that into hip hop is also making it more welcoming to others who have diverse musical tastes they may not just listen to hip hop, they might like classical or jazz or soul or R&B. And if I'm able to bring all of these styles together in a way that's welcoming to other people, that's always something that I valued and saw the importance of. So music can create a safe space just by the sound, just by the dedication to it, the intention behind it. And people can be like, okay, that's something that I, I, can, I can feel welcomed in and, support, and inspired by. So I've always pushed to do that. What do you hope to bring to your role um, as a board member now in the Oakland Symphony and continuing your work with the Oakland Cultural Affairs Commission? Like, what is it about yourself that you are bringing to those roles? What do you hope to see? Well, I feel like, number one, just my perspective as, as an Oakland native, as a, as a musician who grew up in the hip hop practice, which is different from, you know, growing up in the classical practice. I grew up in the classical practice, but I was in the classical practice as a hip hop musician and the hip hop generation. Like that was my that was my community, that was my environment. So I've always had a different perspective. Um, also, you know, looking at ways to diversify how we connect with people, the people who come and watch a symphony. You know, we we need to get we need to reach younger audiences. We need to reach more diverse audiences. And Oakland Symphony has always thrived on that. Michael Morgan has always been a champion of diversity, of, of new material, new repertoire, um, and new ways to represent and reflect the Oakland community. So continuing on that legacy. Um, also as an educator, you know, a big part of Oakland Symphony is the educational programs. You know, being involved in Oakland Public Schools, OUSD, 
and how are we reaching the youth in our city? How are we providing music for every student? Um, our opportunities to reach students with the music programs. Uh, that's another thing I want to do. We're looking for a new director right now. You know, Michael Morgan will never be replaced, but they're looking for someone to fill in that steps. Um, you know, director space. I'm really just looking to bring my perspective, perspective into all these conversations and things that they're doing and hopefully continue to even perform with them as well. Yeah, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm to see that as well, because on top of everything, I'm, I'm still an artist at heart. I'm a musician. I wake up, I practice, I study this music, and I, I feel like that energizes me to continue the other work that I do, being on boards, being commissioners, all of those things. It's really still driven by the music and the craft. Well, Kev Choice, thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with me today. And, uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it for sure. The music featured in this episode are from Kev Choice himself. The first track was Hero's Theme, then Sometimes We Laugh, Sometimes We Cry, and now Adam's Point, the latter two from the Kev Choice trio. New episodes are out every day, and we'd love to be a part of your daily routine. Please subscribe to Bay Current on the Odyssey app or just about anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also check us out on YouTube, on the KCBS Radio YouTube page. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Mallory Samara from Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 